When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, this is the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast, a Spotify and Villa Romana network production. I'm Alan Nevitz. And I'm Joey Sanders. And today we've got a wild show. We have as a guest Gene Simmons. The Tongue. The Tongue. And wow, did he come in hot. <laughs> yeah, so we may not, actually. We may be rather lukewarm tonight. Because Gene, ooh, there was some editing going on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Usually I have to say, Joey, you can't say that. We're going to have to take that out. And this time, oh. Joey turned to me and said, oh, my God, we're going to have to edit so much out of I, I, this. I, I just kind of pantomimed like a scissor. Like, <laughs> But he was wild and he was fun. And he's articulate. You know, I've always heard that he's a very smart businessman. Yes. And of course, we knew from years ago when he was dating Diana Ross and he dated Cher and some other people, Every they always said he's so bright and that he's so intelligent. And, you know, nobody ever thought twice about this tongue and mask running around and how could he be <laughs> that intelligent? Uh-huh. I think we just never sort of thought about it, right? But I get it now. You know, but you he's know, there's very that, direct. You, and, and women, they... they, they th- or turned on a little differently than we are. You know, women fall in love with their ears. Men fall in love with their eyes. You know, so the way that they're catered to and spoken to and and they're turned on with somebody that with intellect and with bravado, those kind of things. You know, we, we fall in love with our eyes. He and had We that. don't want to hear anything. <laughs> he had all those things. <laughs> <laughs> you know, don't say a word. Just stand there and look good. That's how men are. Yeah. You know, so I can see what they see in him. It's that sexy thing. And then it's also he's got that rock thing on when he has the makeup yeah. on. And he's, you know, he, he's a fantastic musician. So all those things are very, very sexy, especially to women and especially to strong, beautiful, you know, talented women like Diana Ross and, and Cher. So they yeah. probably went wild. As a matter of fact, he he'll let you know how wild they went. So He does how, let you know, actually. How wild they went. And so listen carefully when he speaks of them. Anyways, we'll, we'll get to him later we'll in our interview. We'll get to him later. Uh, but I am, I am loving this drink that you created for him. What, what, what is it called? It's called the um, Tongue Kiss. The Tongue Kiss. And you'll let everybody know what's in this drink. But uh, this is going very quickly. I'm going to need another one long well, before we get to him. Yeah. <laughs> You've always... <laughs> Been a fan of long tongue kisses. Who isn't? <laughs> All right. Uh, did you watch Wednesday? Moving I have on. Sorry. Not. <laughs> I have not. That is on my list. It Tell is, me about it. Oh, it's so much fun. I mean, it's it's you know, it's not. I don't know what to call it. It's not great television in the way you might think of it, but it's so well done for what it is, and it's humorous. And it's, you know, it's just an escape. It's not unlike what we said about uh, the Paradise movie with. uh, Oh, yeah, um, with George and. Yeah, George and. and, 
Julia, Julia. Roberts. It, it's that kind of escapism, and it's you know, and, and you can't help but isn't but it laugh at her based on the Adams, Adams family? family. Yeah. It is, yeah. It's it's all about the daughter, though. It's really Wednesday. about Wednesday and her going off to school, and you know. But it's all those great jokes, like you know, you know, the storms rolling in and the trees are blowing and the wires are falling down, and she's like, "I love it. It's such a beautiful day." <laughs> you know, it's that kind of thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Anything dark? Yeah, it's all dark. She's got great lines, and uh, if people haven't gotten to it yet, she has. You know, the scene where they go to the prom. I think it's the prom, or it's the big dance in town, and the Jenny Ortega, who has been nominated for a Golden Globe, looking at the competition, I think she's going to win it. She did this dance number, and she ended up choreographing it. And when she comes on and does this dance, you're so mesmerized by it. It's so unusual yet so good, and you think this is really brilliant. Wow. Okay. Well, it's already I marked it for my list, and now um, I'm excited. To, yeah, no, to, it's to absolutely in. worth watching, you know, to get into that sort of corny Adams family. Yeah, but thing. That, that never dies. There, there's so many sequels, and they're all fun. They're all, yeah. you know, that they're. I don't know if the, the even the animated films were good. It, yeah, the nostalgia yeah. of it always brings you back. For me, yeah, you know, who played uh, Morticia? Was it um, Catherine Zeta-Jones? Yeah, perfect. Yeah, she's perfect. quite good. I don't. I'm not loving the the guy that they got to play. Gomez. Gomez. He, he, I, I understand, you know, I read a bunch of stuff because everybody was sort of on Facebook going, why him? You know, why him? He's horrible. He's this, he's that. Things I don't want to repeat. And I, you know, but we were thinking the same thing as we watched it. But when I looked it up, you know, he looks like the original from the cartoon series. Mm. So rather than follow the guy that was in the TV series who was sort of tall and kind of handsome and made, you know. In the TV series, you know, that was John Astin. No, I understand. Okay. But so it wasn't it's so far from John Astin. You know, he's bigger and he's not as attractive and he's, you know, they, they went for a look that is closer to the original animated Oh the, an uh, animated cartoon. oh, the animated cartoon. Yeah. I thought you were talking about the TV No, series. no, no, the an the original yeah. cartoon. Right. Did he speak French? He does. He's the only character that doesn't really work, uh, I think. And Lurch is there, but you never got any of his moans. Like, uh, you know, mm -hmm. he's just sort of there and he's fine. But but can I tell you, it's, it's really appealing. It's a lot of fun. It's worth watching. I'll watch it. But, you know, that was a joke in the show, remember? The French. Gomez, you spoke French. And yeah. He would kiss her hand, yeah. and then he would go up her yeah, arm to her neck, and then yeah, that's you know, not here to her titties so far, and then all the way down to. They <laughs> did one thing where he kissed it. You know, it wasn't. Oh Lord, you missed the joke, Alan. I just moved right over Adam. it. You're, you missed the joke, Adams. <laughs> you know what? Um, I <clears throat> was driving today. I was running a crap load of errands. And right on Sunset was a huge billboard. Remember when we had Taylor Hackford on the show yes. recently? And he was talking about <clears throat> um, his wife, Helen Mirren. And she was on location finishing up um, yeah, shooting. Who was that with? Uh, this is with Harrison Ford. Oh, yes, it's called Harrison 1923. Ford. And it's a new series for Paramount. Mm -hmm. um, I can't wait to see it. It looks really interesting. I think it's like the origins of Yellowstone, which is a fantastic show. So, series. Oh, great. Okay, good. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's a prequel or something, right? right? Exactly. Okay. And, of course, we finished The White Lotus. 
Okay, so here's the deal. Yeah, we can't give away anything. Why not? I'm sure everybody else has seen it. Oh, no, I'm sure a lot of people haven't seen well, it Well, that's just too bad. They can go to have a bathroom break. <laughs> here's the deal yes. with me. Here's my deal. Mm-hmm. Andrew and I have, Andrew's my partner, as most of you listeners know, and we have a, we have a, a deal with each other that we don't show cheat. So he's out of town. And I'm here in L.A., but I will be seeing him in a couple of days when I fly to meet him. But I'm dying to know how this last episode went. So oh, you I'm haven't gonna, seen it? No, but I'm going to let you go ahead and say it. <laughs> this way I get to know, but I'm really not show cheating because then I'll watch the show. Is that kind of... Not, is that like well, is that like making out with when, somebody? How, how do you show cheat? Does that mean you're not allowed to watch it? Correct. Separately? We are just not wa- allowed to, have to get ahead. No, of no, each other? we watch it together. So well, how yeah, can so, you always do that? Especially we just if he's because out of town. we we record the shows. Okay. So let me just ask you this: So yeah. is 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 you doing this for me right now? Is that called cheating? Is it almost like making out with somebody but not going to the next step? Is that really cheating? Oh, I see. <laughs> right. Well, you know what? I won't give it away, but we can still talk about it because have you seen everything? I want to know last... how it ends. Oh. Yeah, I've seen, well, the last thing. Well, we'll get there and then, you know, we'll tell people that I'm going to give it away and they can black out their ears for 30 seconds. Okay, so let me ask you this. So the last scene on last week's episode was can when- Can you black the... out your ears? Well, you could do something to them. <laughs> You block up your ears. Uh, yeah. Uh, the last scene was when the gigolo was going to go, beginning to go down on. Oh, yeah. Well, this is what I was going to talk about. I I had said last night to Will, I said, you know, what's interesting is people who watched season one and were expecting a certain kind of thing. And now they're watching season two. I think a lot of them are going, oh, my, we can't watch this. I mean, it was a very sexual, open season two was much more sexual than season. Well, maybe yeah, but, it wasn't. Oh my! I can't watch this. Who, who can't watch this? The Christian Broadcasting Network. Yeah, for they, sure. They can't them. Watch, oh please, they can't watch Donald Duck. Uh, you know, waving hi to Daffy. There was I mean, a lot seriously. of sex going on in season two. A lot more okay. than season one. But what's wrong with sex? Why are we so? I didn't say there was something wrong with it. I'm saying a lot of people won't watch it. I didn't say I didn't oh, watch know, it for twice. All those that <laughs> don't watch it and won't watch it, yeah. there are those who will, and they'll binge it, and then they'll buy everything the advertisers promote. <laughs> okay. I'm one of them. I'm just my comment is it's a much it. more sexual season. Good. We need more sex, less less guns, less violence. Much more sex. Everybody be in better moods. Even traffic will be easier. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Not tell me what's going on. having sex while driving. Well, you have a driver when you're having sex while driving. The mm. driver drives, you get in the back seat. Okay. So tell me what happens. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're very anxious. I am. I've been waiting all week. Okay. Here we go. So if you don't want to hear, step away. I'll make it 30 seconds. So it turns out that all those Italian gay guys are mobsters. They know she's rich. They know she's rich. And if you remember, she picks up the photo of him and the cowboy. Remember? And it's her husband in the picture when and he was young. And it's her husband. Well, you knew that already. 
Well, I saw that in the last episode. Oh, it was in the last episode. Right. So, of course, that's really the giveaway there. If it's her husband, then he's obviously lovers with her husband, and that's who he was calling when she was away, and the whole thing has been a plot to get her money. So he married her for that? He married her for the money. Oh, my God. That's mean. And the young boy, of course, is not his nephew. Everybody knows that. Well, he was banging him on the side. Right. And uh, hustler. He's he's set off with the task to kill the young girl that he's with. That was all a ploy to get them apart. And she's on the boat with the guys. And the hot guy. She should have known when that Wait, hot guy was out. Who wants to kill the young girl? The nephew. The he's hustler. Not, yeah. The, no. 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 The nephew. That's not really the nephew. Right. Wants to kill the young girl. His task is to kill the young girl. That's her well, assistant. Yeah. Well. He kill why they kill her. her, but he lets her go at the end, and he drops her in the middle of the night right near the airport, and he says, "Get on the plane tomorrow. Don't look back." So he has a conscience, a little bit, because he doesn't stop the murder of her boss. But she does get killed. Well, I'm not <gasps> going to tell you that. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry, Andrew. I love you, but I am show cheating. <laughs> Oh my God! So she's all freaked out, and she can't reach her uh, that there, and and she knows on the boat. You know, she already knows. I don't want to tell you the end because all right, it's all right, all right. Don't, I'm good enough. Yeah, I'm good no, enough with that. But she knows that they're after her. You know, she's clued in. Yeah. And but she's stuck on this boat with them. And when she sees the the hustler guy arrive to take her back to shore, they said, "No, we're having dinner first. It'll be so, and he can take you back in the dark." Um, she now is starting to panic all through dinner as like what she's going to do. So, and then it has kind of an exciting end to it. That's it. That's all I'm telling okay, you. Hey, Jennifer, hang in there, girl. <laughs> hang in there, Miss Coolidge. We're rooting for you. I can't believe these gay guys would do such things. I know. I said it made Italians look bad and it made gays look bad. Ah, Justin, we're trying to elevate. Yeah. You know, but, now but you we're know like what? mobsters. I'm going to send this episode to Mike White because I thought not only did he write the entire thing, you know, all seven episodes, he directed them, which I think he did season one. For some reason, I thought maybe he hadn't directed them all, but maybe he did. And I thought season two, he really upped his game. I thought some of the stuff that he did direct directorially was quite good. Mm -hmm. I thought the writing was great. I thought he did an amazing job, so... Kudos to him. One question. Oh, maybe that answers my one question. Because in the beginning of this season, there were bodies or body was found in the beach while one of the characters was swimming, etc. Right. The opening is that she finds, remember, the blonde finds a body and floating yeah, like in the water. Floating in the water. Yeah. Ah. And we're sorry if we ruined anything for you, but oh, well, I was selfish. No. <laughs> and impatient <laughs> and a cheater I'm a cheater you are a cheater <laughs> now I can't remember I've lost track is this our last episode before the holiday I think it is before the holidays but then we have the, uh, the influencers on yeah too. but that's after but the that's holidays, after the right? holiday so you're gonna, going away I'm, I'm leaving gone. tomorrow morning yeah and as you I've had a horrendous week as you know I'm sorry it's been tough Moving forward, it's not so easy if I could just walk away from it, but I haven't been able to because, um, you know, I I'm responsible for cleaning out his apartment. And unfortunately, my name is co-written on the lease. 
Otherwise, I could have walked away and said, that mess is your problem. But unfortunately, the mess is now my problem. But Well, um, how much of this do you want to share with our listeners? Well, I'm just going to share yeah. that, you know, somebody I've known for 30 years um, unexpectedly died uh, last week. You know, he was we lived together for 16 years. He was my partner early on when we were both much younger. And he, you know, had cancer and he was very, very ill for a year. And we broke up at the end of that because he just got a little crazy. And, um, but he wasn't able to work because of the cancer problems. He had a lot of health problems after the cancer from his liver and mentally he was sort of breaking down. And a lot of people don't know this about Calvin, but he was kind of a, a lot of people didn't understand him. And what fascinated me about him is he was kind of a savant. Mm -hmm. He had a thing that was really interesting that nobody could explain. He's always had it. He, first of all, had an unbelievable, uh, thing with animals. I mean, he, he could he could sort of like a tame. I mean, a wild animal would come yeah, over. Yeah, it was to him. like a whisperer. Yeah, whisperer. You know? It was the strangest thing. He loved animals. He always Saint Francis was his favorite. He was a very Catholic guy. He almost became a priest when he was yeah, younger. Yeah, he was very religious. Very. I religious. mean, he wanted to be. Didn't, yeah, wasn't, he wanted didn't to be he a go priest. to the seminary. He did or, go to the he seminary. Did. He 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 withdrew from taking his vows at the last minute. Mm -hmm. You know, I came home one day and he had a wild bird sitting on his hand. And I was like, where'd that bird come from? He had put it in a cage that we had because we had some other birds. I said, why is that bird here? Where'd you get that bird? And he said, oh, it just landed down, came flying down and landed on my hand. Mm -hmm. And he's been very calm and fine. I was like, are you crazy? Because it was a, like a red-tailed hawk or something that fly around here, right? Yeah. So that was one of the weird things. We also took a trip to St. John once. And, you know, they have all those wild mules or donkeys or whatever they're running around that island. And uh, we went on a walk one day. We walked all the way to the end of the island and back. And sure enough, on the way back are these mules, and they're wandering around on the street. And Calvin put his hand out, put his hand out, and started talking. And this mule walked over. And, of course, once one mule walked over, they all walked over. And I know he's walking over to me. And I was like, what is going on? And then I thought, well, they're mules. They see people all the time, right? And he pet them. We move on. We get back to the hotel. They asked where we'd been. We went to the other side of the island. And, you know, we saw the mules. And they said, oh, my God, you know, don't don't go, you know, go near the mules. They'll attack you. They'll eat you. We've had all sorts of problems. They'll bite eat you. you. Uh, you know, bite, not eat you. They'll bite you. <laughs> what kind of mules are these? <laughs> Jesus Christ. They'll bite you. <laughs> and I was like, are you serious? And when we told them what had happened and what Calvin had done, they just looked at us like we were crazy. <laughs> They were like, no, you, you can't pet them. I was like, he did. But he was wow. always like that. You know, all the dogs we've had, he yeah. was always the favorite. Well, I, you know, I've known him for a long time because of you, you know, and he was always a gentle, kind person. And there was something ethereal about him. Mm -hmm. and, and as special as he was, there was another part of him that was, you could just see that it was something very spiritual and from another, just a kind place. Yeah. You don't really see he, in people the way he was on another spoke. plane. Yeah. Two other strange things I'm going to share, just because I, you know people, people who are listening who do know him really just don't know these things about him. Mm -hmm. Actually, I'm going to share three things. Okay. Um, and one of them, what's really saddens me, uh, and he never was allowed 
to say anything about it when he was young. They were they told him to, to be quiet because they lived in a small town. They didn't want people to know. But when he was 10 years old, he was raped in the classroom at the end of the school day with a knife to his throat. And when he ran home to tell his parents, everybody told him he was not allowed to say anything. They didn't call the cops. They didn't call the school. They didn't they want anybody to know. Help. And he was he had to live with that. And like, don't ever talk about it. A 10 and this year old. was a teacher or something? or a... It was a janitor. Oh, my. And he was never allowed to express or say or do anything about it. It's a really horrible thing to do a to a child. remedy it for himself. Yeah. So that was one of the awful things that happened to him. And then, uh, but two interesting things back on the sort of savant side of things is he had various times where he would feel something and then it would turn out to be true. And I remember once he woke up in the middle of the night and he said, my father just died. And I went, what? And he said, I, I think my father just died. And not one minute later, his sister called to tell him their father had died. And so that was very strange. And uh, there were a couple other incidences, but they were enough to convince me. He called me twice when I was traveling. And he said, I don't think you should get on that plane tomorrow. I think you should change your flight to a different flight. And I did, because I had seen him do too many weird things and see too many odds, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> predict too many odd things. Did that plane something happen? No, it well, I never really tracked it, but uh, it didn't really matter to me. It was just the idea that he felt it that was enough for me to change because. Well, maybe it. And it could be, by the way, it could be anything that the plane could have been delayed for eight hours. There could have been, you know. Well, he knew you also very well, too, and probably that flight ran out of champagne. <laughs> he knew that flight wasn't going to have any alcohol it was, yeah. on it. <laughs> and the Chateaubriand right. was not, you know. Tell you, they're going to lose their food license. <laughs> Don't get on that plane. Anyway, so we've spent a few days over the weekend trying to clean out his apartment, but he was a little bit of a pack rat. He was always you know, collecting something going, I'm going to fix this and sell it. So he collected a lot of things that he never fixed. Well, that's kind of what they do, <laughs> those people that are hoarders or whatever they are. He was are. a hoarder, but in a different way. He only hoarded something. things that had value. Not, he wasn't like a hoarder of newspapers and magazines. Or paper and clips. Things. Yeah, he didn't hoard those things. He hoarded food. He liked to have a lot of food in the freezer. But he hoarded like you know, laptop computers and iPads and oh, so DVD players. Oh, things that he players. would fix, or yeah, that he thought he was going to fix, and then he could, you know, resell like a watchmaker, or give or it away. Maker. <laughs> yes. So I went in there. I said, "Who needs six VHS players, and who even needs them at all anymore? Yeah, what are they?" But, but, but he has them. Sitting. We're like those people that collect crafts. Yeah. You know, they're always going to make something. Yeah, macrame, right? Shades or something. Anyway, so anyway, I'm sorry. It, I'm yeah, really it wasn't sorry. a good He's end. He's a lovely guy. And, yeah, but you know, maybe he'll find his happiness. And well, all I can say is I hope that all of his Catholic faith is came true for him. He, yeah, for him, he will not be, for us. He will be as happy as he ended up for us <laughs> because we in trouble. We'll be in trouble. <laughs> we in danger, girl. <laughs> but I hope Molly. It, <laughs> we in danger, girl. <laughs> But uh, I just hope he's in that place because he will be happy as a clam. Yeah. And he always thought he would meet up with our past dogs again. So, 
Well, hopefully he's on a nice long walk through the gates. Exactly. Okay. Okay. Moving on before I start to think about it too much. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's all I need to say. I think we should get into our interview with Gene. I right? agree, because he's going to wipe you guys out, so get ready for some fun and some yeah. laughs. Let's let's do it. Let's uh, take a break, and when we come back, we've got Gene Simmons. Gene, thank you for joining us. My pleasure. Now, you know, Joey starts off each of our episodes with a drink for our guests, so he's going to tell you a little bit about the drink he created for you. Yeah, we, we usually allow our guests uh, to inspire us for the cocktail, but since I didn't know... What kind of alcohol? Wait a minute, what? wait a minute, wait a minute. What? Right at the beginning of the show, you went into cocktail? Yeah. <laughs> well, it, you know, Alan's gay. Nice. <laughs> nice. Ass. The only difference between straight guys uh-huh. and gay guys yeah. is the tropical island, and depending on who's watching. <laughs> this is true. As long, as long as there's an umbrella in the drink. In this case, there's a banana. <laughs> Tropical enough. Uh, no, I'm not seeing a lot of that banana. It's not impressive. No. Well, the, the drink is cold. Oh, that's quite good. Don't forget to swallow. <laughs> What's in this drink? So, Because I didn't know what you like to drink. If you drink vodka, are you a tequila drinker? Do you drink at all? Good question. Uh, I actually have a vodka called Moneybag Vodka. Oh, great. Go to moneybagvodka.com, and it's the only bottle, spirits bottle, that is trademarked. All the other bottles are generic, so the bottle looks looks like a crystal piece of art. There's no wording on it or anything. It's really beautiful. I'm ordering it, and I'm going to serve it all my dinner parties from now on, my cocktail parties. So this is perfect. So this drink does have vodka in it. Unfortunately, it doesn't have your brand because I didn't know it at the time I made it, which was 15 minutes ago. <laughs> but I did use Kettle One, and I actually added a little tequila to it also. And then um, what else did I put in there? Oh, a little grenadine in case you want to serve it to children, and a, ma- <laughs> a mango puree. Uh, and then a fresh banana, and I've named it the French Kiss. Gee, I've gee, I've never heard that joke in my half a century of doing this. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just I just said it wrong. I named it the Tongue Kiss. Well, that's better. That's better. So there you go. Cheers. It's quite good, actually. Mm-hmm. You both have the same drink. Yeah. Oh yeah, we do. But I thought you're in two different places. No, no, we're, we're in right our next studio. To each other. You're oh. gone. Yeah, we're at the we're at the studio here. You're at home. But we're around a table, so we can hear each other. And yeah, so he's on one know. side of the table. Table, I'm on the other. I see. Yes. Yeah. See, if you were here, we would all be getting drunk together. Now, Joey and, and I have we to do would it have alone. your tequila. I I literally have. I've never been drunk or high. Never smoked cigarettes in my entire life. Well, that's a good thing. That's a good well, it's it's relative. I never was attracted to it. I like I'm not fond of going to sleep either. I just want to be awake and take it all in, mm-hmm. as they say. Well, don't you think that's because you relish life and you want to be doing something all the time and you're active and your mind is going? Is that why you don't sleep? That's pretty much it. I do sleep. I don't like it. I mean, it seems like God sort of, uh, you know, God gives us life. Well, not so much. About a third to 40% of it were comatose. 
Mm-hmm. It's like make up make up your mind. You're giving us life, in which case it should be 24 right. hours of yeah, live. And if you want to rest, I understand. Like I'm creating life. Okay, you got to rest because your heart's pumping. Fine, lay down, but be awake. This right. this idea of going to sleep is crazy. Long time dead. I think I really do agree with you on that. I don't sleep that much, and not because I don't want to. It's just because my bo- I prepare my body for rest, and I can do that in different states of the day. So I can, you know, have those moments that's quiet for me. And I think right. it's it's a way of preparing for whatever is next. And yeah, sleep, you're right. If I'm getting five hours of sleep, I'm good with that. If you're alone, I understand what you mean. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's sleep. So, Gene, we want to talk to you about the thing you're best known for. My tongue. tongue. (laughs) Good one. I mean, my my cock's pretty good, too, but that's all anybody wants to talk about. I I will say that there's a maybe a misconception or misunderstanding about my tongue. It is a prodigious, mm-hmm. big word like gymnasium, which means it's, <laughs> it's kind of big. But that's not that's not really the wonder that certain chenizekwa, I do not know how you say this in your language, the, the wonder of it is that it's got a spinning dry cycle and it can whip up a good goddamn froth, bitch. <laughs> that's the real appeal of it. <laughs> Well, that was more than I was asking for. No, not at all. That was perfect. I, I was well, you opened up, you opened up Pandora's box, so let's <laughs> <Yeah>. go. Well, <laughs> well, with all those contraptions, I mean, that box will stay open. You know, there was something you call. Speaking of cock, you call <laughs> you called it something. I think a Jewish word, which I thought was hysterical. The way you said it, like speckle or speckle or spinkle or schmeckle. Schmeckle. Yeah. The uh, it's interesting that non-Jews talk about the uh, the food is Jewish food. There's no Christian food and and Islamic food, but there's Jewish food. And when you speak in jargon that sounds like that, it's, oh, you're speaking Jewish stuff. There's no Christian language. It's just a Jew. I I mean, I get it. Um, Actually, it comes, Schmeckel is Yiddish, which which is a bastardized tongue that has never had a country associated with it, but it's actually originally Germanic. It's German and Hebrew, kind of like together, Pig Latin. Yeah. So Schmeckel actually originated in Germany, and there are a lot of Yiddish words that have the sh sound, like you're a schmuck, uh-huh. right? Or if you're doing this stuff, that's a stup, right? Everything's got got a sh in it, and a there are sh- literally hundreds of words. Stup, schmeck, schmeckegi. Schmeckegi, that's a good one. <laughs> this yeah. schmaltz. Schmaltz is actually uh, kind of salty fish, but it also references other things. Anyway, back to you. Well, let's talk about Kiss. Aren't you, aren't you guys planning a world tour, like a final world tour that's been out there on the Internet, sort of rumors of this happening? Yeah, it's been ongoing, actually, for about three years, pre-COVID. Uh, we stopped during COVID for about two years and resumed it. We have another, oh, I would say, 100 cities to go, and then we're stopping touring completely. 
Kiss will continue in other ways. You know, we've got a motion picture coming, a cartoon show, this Kiss World at the Rio Hotel in Vegas. And oh my goodness, lot, lots of stuff uh, going on. But the physicality of doing what we do on stage is going to stop, you know, the, the bombast and the spectacle and all that. Right. Yeah. And will you miss that? Well, I think we miss all kinds of things. Got to have a sense of dignity about you, I think, because I'm 73 and still have <laughs> still have hair on my head. Lots more on my back, unfortunately. <laughs> In fact, I'm kind of like Chewbacca ass. There's so much hair back there. I got to put got to put a part in it, you know, you know they, to take a shit. Otherwise, you got to, you know, like dogs. There's that space where you yeah. can see the you can see the you can see the gate. You can see the gateway to hell. But other than that, it's all it's all fur. Shannon doesn't make you go in for waxes. Waxing. I've never actually done it. I'm not against anything, pretty much. Getting back to the truth. So we will stop, and that has to do with the fact, without mincing words, is we are the hardest working band on that stage. And it has to do with wearing eight-inch plant. This is eight-inch, isn't it? In China. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Boy, are you going to get in trouble. I know. Crap. I know. We'll have, we'll have to block this podcast in China. <laughs> if I'm if I'm canceled for that, well, then I just might as well finish this drink and go now. And then kill yourself. That's... <laughs> so I, I've got to wear about 40 pounds of armor, 12-pound to 15-pound uh, bass guitar, studs, leather stuff, and you're seven, eight inches above the ground. And any chick or anybody wow. else who wears stiletto heels will tell you at the end of the day, even after two hours, your back is killing you. Oh, God. It's just awful. Uh, so the physicality of what we're doing, I mean, in retrospect, I could have been smarter and joined a band like, I don't know, the Ramones or the Stones, where you could wear a T-shirt and comfortable sneakers. And, you know, as the as the English say, Bob's your uncle. You never have yeah. to break a sweat. Here's how much exertion you have. You can exert a lot by doing that. But that's another story. <laughs> Luckily, a lot of this is on video. Getting back to your hair thing, you you you, uh, you caught fire. Your hair caught fire uh, back in what was it seventy three? You did a concert at the Academy. That was the first time. Yeah. And shamefully, I caught another five or six times after that, through the years. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that was way before Michael Jackson caught on fire. Well, yeah, I was about to do uh, two impressions of Michael, but. I'm not going to do it on this thing because it'll get on the end. I, I actually uh, knew Michael in the days when I used to go out with Diana Ross. Uh -huh. Go, We'd go over to the house and visit in Encino. And, you know, uh, if you ever met him, you'd find a very sweet guy and everything. But that doesn't mean I don't believe the innuendos and all that. I believe those are all factual and mm -hmm. all that stuff happened. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it, it's just interesting how now you can't even, people are saying don't play his music, and 
You can't even request it on the radio or anything like that. I mean, in a way, it's it's what it is, I guess. I I don't know the answer. You know, we're living yeah. through strange times. Um, if the other stuff wasn't true, which is what I believe it is, you you wouldn't even think twice about it. Mm-hmm. Are you crossing some kind of ethical or moral line by enjoying the music of somebody who may have had an objectionable life and may have done things that harmed other people? I, you know, it's an interesting idea, and you could argue either point. I'd like to introduce you to my little potato. Oh, is that a chihuahua? That's my little monkey. Oh, so cute. cute. How old? I have no fucking idea. <laughs> what a good little potato. Uh-huh. She's got six nipples, and I play with every one of them. <laughs> I thought dogs had eight. I think you've missed two somehow. And for all people to miss them, I'm surprised. We have two, we have two other dogs. One is a Malamute who's about oh, 110 pounds. Wow. His name is George. He's just big and dumb and lovable. And then Baby, of course. Baby is the female. George is the male. But the female mounts the male all the time. I don't know what she's pumping with, but she pumps. My dogs <laughs> did that too. Babe would always get on Murphy. I think he just sat back and took it like a massage. Good job there. <laughs> She'd work up and down his back, and he, I think he was just enjoying it. Mm-hmm. You know, people don't know, as soon as we met at the yogurt shop, you guys went right into Cock jokes. <laughs> like right away. We did I think, not. I think you did. You started oh, it. You're, out, you're so full of shit. Uh, <laughs> hey, guys, what time is it? What time is it? Time to get a. <laughs> All right, let's go. It's just like boom, boom, boom. I went. Yeah. I got to do. I got to do their show. That's cheap. You know, you're just you're exaggerating because that was just because that was the flavor of the yogurt that Alan was was was. Uh... <laughs> it's called big. That's a good, yeah, that's a good name for a flavor. Nice. Yeah, it was yeah. non-fat. It, of course. It doesn't sound very enticing. Well, in West Hollywood, it's got to be non-fat. I had the sugar-free version of that. Well, it's all non-fat if you don't swallow. Yeah, but how fun is that? Not much. No. Oh. I'm so thrown off my notes. I, I know, know you are to totally. <laughs> By the way, for the straight guys out there, if you have a roommate who's a guy, how do you know if your roommate is gay? How? Inquiring minds want to know. How? Well, it's a pretty good indication uh, that he's gay if his... Oh, oh wow. <laughs> You got you to gotta <laughs> think about these things. <laughs> I'm trying never to think about that thing. We're going to lose our entire audience. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Mom. I've got a, I've got a Jew joke. You ready? We're Go. ready. All right, boy. Boy, is this going to get me? They'll be calling you an anti-Semite. I'll make. Oh my God, I can't. I better not because it's just <laughs> the Jew stuff nowadays, and I am one. Just over. <laughs> so let's make it white. A white joke. What's twelve okay. inches in white? We talked about this. What's twelve inches in white? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> There's another answer. The, the other answer could have come from either of you saying, me. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, that's like that old story that says, uh, well, I got six inches. She says, listen, honey, 
that's a lot of rain. It's a lot of snow, but it ain't much dick. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. All right, let's move on. (laughs) How are your band members these days? Is everybody good? Oh, terrific. You're very kind in asking. Paul Stanley and I, we've been together... Oh, my goodness, about 55 years, if you can imagine. Mm -hmm. The band is approaching its 50th uh, year of existence, but I know him for a few years before that. And Tommy Thayer and Eric Singer, who are, quote, the new guys, but they've been with us 20 years, are really the sweethearts. Work hard, talented, great. You know, they belong on stage. Not everybody belongs on stage. True. And we've had various members through the years, but the original guys, Ace Fraley and Peter Chris, you know, love them to death. Without them, we couldn't have been here. But I think it's fair to say with them in the band, we wouldn't be here. Yeah, oh, interesting. You know, you brought up something about wearing all the clothes. Do you think your fans would be upset if you performed without the clothes? It's not like the music isn't good. I mean, the music's great. Yeah, it's a good question. We actually took the makeup off in 1984 and didn't put it back on for 10 years. Yes. And we toured the the arenas and the stadiums of the world and put out, oh, I don't know, five or six maybe seven records without the makeup and then decided to go back. What was that decision based on to go back? Um, I put together a thing called the kiss conventions where fans were able to come and outside of the stage, outside of the spectacle and get close with the fans. I mean, there were thousands that would show up and just sort of be with the fans and there would be lots to see. We'd have, uh, kiss exhibits, costumes, guitars, all that kind of stuff. And actually, Peter Chris called me, the original guy, said, listen, you're, you guys are going to be doing the Kiss convention. And then Eric Singer, our drummer, current drummer, said, well, you can't invite him to the Kiss convention without inviting him to jump up on stage and jam, you know, sing a few songs. I said, you know, you're right. I was a knucklehead, so I called Peter Chris back and invited him. And all of us were on stage singing a few tunes and everything, and fans just absolutely loved it. And Peter called Ace on the East Coast and told him what a great time he had. And Ace wound up in the New York Kiss Conventions, and MTV heard about this thing, which had never been done before as far as I know, we did 23 cities, like concert tour without not really a concert. And they were fascinated by the whole thing. And the thing they responded to was, you guys are playing Unplugged. Do you want to play Unplugged on our show? Because they had an Unplugged show. Sure. We said, yeah, sure. And both A and Peter said, oh, that'd be great. Can we, can we jump up and do a few songs with you guys? And during that whole thing, I noticed that both Peter and Ace seemed to be, at the time, straight. Because they were both in and out of the band three separate times for the cliche of all cliches, drugs and alcohol and just bad, unprofessional behavior. Yeah. And But 
you know, they seemed lucid and thankful and appreciative, not so much for Paul and myself, but to the fans. You know, this thing, if you don't appreciate the fans, you don't know the real truth, which is they're the bosses. You just work here, okay? And if you don't treat them with the respect and dignity they deserve, why should they care about you? Yeah, it's like the puppet dies. Yeah, they they seemed well-behaved and everything, so we started talking about, do, do you want to do a tour, see how that would go? And they both said, oh, yeah, it'd be great. So we had to, unfortunately, let the current members of the band say, can you sit by the sidelines a few years? We're going to go do a reunion tour with uh, Ace and Peter. Mm-hmm. And we announced it. We put on our makeup and everything with Ace and Peter. Tupac, as a matter of fact, Tupac Shakur introduced us and we went out on the, I think, the American Music Awards. And Tupac, well, cool as can be back, said, man, I love you guys. It's so great. You know, because he's about either five, eight, five, nine. And with the heels, we're about seven feet tall, <laughs> literally. And so Tupac came up to here yeah. on me. And so he first goes on, he goes, hey, everybody, I don't want to mimic how you say, but everybody wants to be shocked. You want to be shocked? Well, get ready for the shock of this. And he brought us on stage. And I saw everybody, the entire place, jump to their feet. So the whole place was, I don't know, Luther Vandross and J-Lo and I don't, whoever else was supposed to be a big deal and a celebrity. All of them forgot that and were just like, Oh, my God. So the very first show was announced at Tiger Stadium in Detroit, and that sold out in 40 minutes. And we were shocked. We didn't know if people were going to respond to it or not. And that tour with Ace and Peter became the number one tour on the planet. We got all kinds of awards and everything. Uh, Number two was a band called U2. So that was in 96, I think it was. And uh, then we continued touring with Ace and Peter for another six, for another, until 2001. But the bad behavior came back, sadly. Yeah. And self-destructive stuff, chemicals and all that stuff. Just stupid stuff. Yep. Well, you raised something interesting when you brought up awards. Strangely... This massive group who has sold, what, over 100 million records has never gotten a Grammy Award. Is that correct? I was actually thinking of buying it. The Grammys? (laughs) (laughs) Well, hold on a second. You have more gold records than anybody in history. Not not quite right. There are different categories. Right. There are are groups. For a band, though. Yeah. To a rock band, American rock band. Yeah, the Beatles yeah. have done very well. Yeah. So we don't beat them. But in the- <laughs> I've heard of them. American rock bands. Yeah, we do have more gold than any other band. Than other band. But people who don't really understand the business of music, because it's called mm-hmm. music business, records used to be a source of income, but it was always for the rest of the bands out there, live touring. That's where you made all your money the big money and 
hardly any other bands have our um, other income base, which is licensing Marketing. and merchandising. I was going to say, is there anybody bigger? I can't think of. I mean, you guys have had everything from, you know, Halloween masks to all sorts of products. Well, we have everything from kiss condoms to kiss caskets. We'll get you coming and we'll get you going. <laughs> we'll light you up with a, with a lighter. You got that, cigarette lighters. Oh, we do. We have, and people collect these things. There are literally thousands and thousands of kiss items and every week there's more all the time uh, crazy so kiss pachinko machines and motorbikes and uh boats literally caskets condoms you name it and also cross uh cross branding right kiss and marvel kiss and family guy kiss and betty boop kiss and astro boy kiss and, and it just goes on and on and on it's crazy yeah nobody has that i don't think there's a band that has that not a band, but Disney has done well, I would say. Yeah, a little bit. Well, band. that's different, but that's not a group of people that... As uh, Ed McMahon used to say, you are correct, sir. Well, we read something interesting that sort of folds into this. You said, I'll never stop hunting more money. I'll never have enough. I live to make more money. People who say that money is the root of all evil are morons. A lack of money is the root of all evil. Agreed. And we thought that that was a really interesting quote. Well, I think the masses, and I'm one of them. I wasn't born with a silver spoon in my mouth or my ass for that reason. <laughs> that would have been a ladle. Thank you very much. <laughs> but the people like to hear phrases like, I just need enough money to be happy. That's they Privately, that's not what they mean. Privately, mm -hmm. They mean, holy fuck, I won $100 million tax-free just by getting my lottery. I've never, I know of no human being on earth that ever won no. crap loads of money and is unhappy. Oh, I don't want all that money. But I have met people who say, what do you need all that money for? I just want enough to get by. So I always say, respectfully, any dollar you have that you don't want, why don't you send to me? because all those extra dollars will literally make me happier. And my, my case in point is, it can't buy you happiness. Actually, it does. If your mother is sick or you want to buy your dog a new hip operation and stuff, money is the fuel of life. Without it, you can't feed your child or give to charity or anything. Money is everything. Even God passes the hat around, you know? Oh, yeah. Give unto Caesar what is Caesar's and all that stuff. But the point I'm making is, if I'm a miserable son of a bitch, don't you think I'd be happier if I was a rich, miserable son of a bitch? Well, yeah. and how many of those people do we know? It's I'm shocked by some of the people I know who have so much money and are not happy. Well, they don't know how to live. And, and they, they, they would be miserable both ways. But my point is, if they had no money, they would even be more miserable. <laughs> right, exactly. And I say, when they say money can't buy you happiness, well, maybe for you, but for me, it makes a hell of a down payment. <laughs> no, that's that's right. No, but those people are lying. Money absolutely does buy happiness. You know, on a certain level, maybe it's not spiritual or deep. Right. If you're a, a poor Ethiopian woman near the Kalahari Desert with her child, and they say love is the most powerful thing in the universe. It's actually not. Love is not powerful at all. 
I'm sorry to say, so what your child or your mother or your somebody you care about, you want to keep them safe and you certainly want to feed them. But no matter how many times you say, I love you, that's not going to feed them. They will, they will be loved, but they will die. If you have money, you can feed them and, and pay bills and things like that. And by the way, if I was worth a billion tax-free, why would I want to pick up a gun and go to a 7-Eleven and hold the place up so I can walk out with $150? The people that hold up 7-Elevens don't have a lot of money. Yeah, we were discussing we were just that actually. About that. Yeah. Yep. About about holding up a Seven Eleven. About the people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We were suggesting we didn't have enough money, and which Seven Eleven might be good. Rich people don't commit crimes in that way. They do it another way. In that way. That's right. Blue collar crime, all that. Yeah. Yeah. But they're not going to resort to, you know, just outright robbing you. Yeah. Street corners. Say, give me your handbag. Stick them up. Yeah. Yeah. Or do a, a crash and grab. What do you call that when you drive through Chanel and grab everything that's right in front of you? That's what you have a wife for. She does that without having to destroy the car. A crash and grab is, as far as I'm concerned, a moving target. Because if I was in charge, bang, 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 bang. <laughs> Done. When I was growing up, there was such a thing. Uh, if you're running from the law, they'd say, stop or I'll shoot. Mm -hmm. I'm all for that. And that's because... You've got the right, if it's illegal, whatever it is, imprisonment or anything, you can always sue. You can make a crap, you can make a crap load of money. Now the police can't even ask for your identity. You're what walking police? down the street at three o'clock in the morning and say, I'm sorry, I'm the police. I'm just walking. Uh, what what are you doing walking around here? You don't have to answer. You could say, none, none of your business. Well, there are no police now. When was the last time? In Los Angeles, you saw a cop giving somebody a ticket. You can't even probably name it. I don't remember the last time I was pulled no. over for, and I'm well, not that I, but you. I, there was a time you get pulled over for your blinker not, you know, not using your blinker or having a light out on your car. Now it's I don't I don't even know how you call the police anymore. Do people still call the police? Do they show up? They do. <laughs> they do. Yes. Well, we need to have more police, I say. We need to fund the police. There's no question. And, and I don't, not even here to put up the point that there aren't bad apples. There's no question. There are cops who are bad and all that stuff. But even somebody who wants to def defund the police understands that if somebody breaks into your house, who are you going to call? I've always had the greatest respect for police officers. And still to this day, I've always been, even if I was pulled over for a minor car thing, like sex in the car, in the back seat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was always, yes, officer. And then the other thing is you have to be prepared. Have your license not expired. Have your, your tags, all the things you're supposed to do to get behind the wheel. You don't drink and drive and you have... All and then you're avoiding the problem, but if you think you're not going to have a problem, and then you're going to drive without a license, with this, with alcohol in the car, with a firearm, with all, and the cops supposed to go have a nice day, no problem, not happening. Yep, I still I was out today, so I still have my your mask. mask. No, it's actually a yarmulke with strings. Oh, you can just spin it around to the front of your mouth <laughs> when you go outside. It's a yarmulke with a chin strap. Yeah.
<laughs> it's actually used underwear, but that's another story. Uh, since you brought up money, I'm going to pursue that. What do you do with all your money? What do you mean all my money? It makes it sound as if I've got <laughs> makes it sound as if I've got more than I actually have. I know females in my day, they go shopping like water buffaloes run together to the river. They just if one goes shopping, they'll go in a horde and have no idea what they're shopping for. They just want to go shopping. Right. What are you looking for? No idea, but like a horde of them will go. And that includes going to the bathroom. If I want to go to the bathroom, I don't all of a sudden hear chairs screeching backwards and all the guys going to get, well, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> if I want to go pee, I, I don't want to have a conversation with somebody next door to me, but I know for a fact, because I've been in a few girls' bathrooms in my day. There's a lot of talking going on. Yeah. It is. Yeah. And, you know, we say the same thing. It's not polite to talk with your mouth full. So we avoid... <laughs> I, I wanted you to know that I gave you the clap. You sure? <laughs> now give me the cure. <laughs> no, I did love what you said, how you made the, uh, the similarity of a, of a shark. You know, and if they stop moving, they drown. And you approach business like that, like a shark. Yeah. I believe life is like that. Because yeah. if you ask your doctor, or should be, if you ask your doctor, uh, it is actually a good idea. Because if you stop, if you lay in bed all the time, your heart's going to start getting the signal. Oh, it's yeah. okay yeah. to slow down and die. You got to keep pumping that pump heart. Keep, keep moving until you die. Yeah. Literally until you die. Yeah. Use yeah, it best or you're going to lose it. I should write that down. Yeah. yeah. That's a new one. Yeah. Well, Gene, is there anything you want to talk about before we throw you off of our podcast? <laughs> you know, I, it's sad what's happened with this woke world we're living in. Seinfeld and lots of other folks literally won't tour college campuses mm -hmm. because somebody's going to get upset because you say something or, you know. And uh, I miss jokes. I mean, the idea of jokes and comedians is it's at the expense of somebody. Oh, well, we agree. We've talked about that here before. And how many times were you the brunt of the joke and you still laugh? Don Rickles was a great comedian. I mean, and he told jokes, but everybody laughed because he laughed with you, not at you. And even though it may have sounded like it stung, it didn't. It was funny. Rickles made fun of every race and creed everywhere. He made Jew jokes, uh, black jokes, and everybody thought, oh, that's racist stuff. Actually, his closest friend and the guy that was with him his entire life was his, was his black guy. He confided in him his entire life. But most good comedians are that way. I mean, Lisa Lampanelli, as crude as she was, she made fun of everybody. She wasn't picking on any particular... And she sleeps with black men all the time. I don't think sleeping has much to do with... I mean, but, she stayed awake. But uh, Lisa, it bears noting, was one of a few people, including Donald Trump, who roasted me. We had a roast on our TV show. And Lampanelli gets up. And by the way, the first time I ever heard or knew of Lisa Lampanelli, we were on tour and it was a night off. So I decided a group of us, all chicks, <laughs> would go into this club and I got it. I got to set it up for you because it's it's one of these clubs like outside of Philly someplace. And it's a 
long club. So it must have been something else. And the stage is here. And the doorway in and out is right near the stage. So whoever comes in or walks out, the entire the performer on stage and the entire audience can see. You can easily see. It's not on the back. So I, <laughs> our group walks in, the girls and I, and I'm looking up on stage and Lampanelli's there and the people are all looking, oh, there's that guy with the tongue. So I'm, you know, I'm scooping down. I don't want to block anybody's thing. We go off to the side. They set up a table near the front and everything. And uh, I get my Perrier and stuff because I don't drink. And looking for the first joke and everything. And Lampanelli goes like this. You smell that? Jew. Just entered. That was the first. Smell that? Jew. I miss her. She retired. I miss her. Oh, my God. So at the the, uh, roast, she's going, it's a pleasure to be here. And I want to say from my heart, you know, all these superlatives yeah. are very, uh, that's, what do you call a man who's influenced generations with his lyrics, with the subtlety, with the poetry that emanated from the pure music and poetry that's iconic and legendary? What do you call that man? I call that man John Lennon. Who the fuck <laughs> is this bozo over here? <laughs> well, you know, it, we uh, we spoke with uh, Melissa Rivers recently, and uh, we had a great interview and a good time with her. And, of course, Alan asked her, what would Joan say about this culture we're living in and how would she handle it? And uh, she said, to be honest, my mother probably would have just told the same joke and just changed maybe one or two words. Well, I knew yeah. Joan in the <laughs> early days. Uh, she was managed by Sandy Gallen and those guys in the share days when we used to run around together and Joan would show up and just the potty mouth of all potty mouths, but it was hilarious. Yeah. Hilarious. Yeah. She was great. She's much, much missed. I'm going to ask one last thing since he brought up all the girls. I find it interesting that some of the people you dated, Diana Ross, Cher, some of these ladies you went out with, they've had staying power. You didn't choose the ones that disappeared in a few years. You seem to choose women who are still have careers going strong. Oh, it's a reflection, isn't it? Staying power and staying power. Was that a question? Well, <laughs> I'm looking for a comment. <laughs> this has nothing to do with me uh, being at the right place at the right time with the right thing and everything. You know, how relationships happen is kind of a mystery. And I never wanted to be married, although here I am with Shannon happier married than I ever imagined uh, growing up. We have two kids and everything. Life is, couldn't be better, but I didn't get serious about relationships and being monogamous until very, very, very late in life. I mean, I didn't get married till I was 62 and we'd been together 29 years. And that was something you wanted to do or something that she was pushing? I didn't want to answer to anybody. Where are you going? Where am I going? Who who wants to know? <laughs> and so I don't want to pretend because across the American landscape, there are husbands and wives and all that stuff. I don't believe for a second that those guys in their 20s and 30s are monogamous. I'm sorry, I don't. 
there's just too much testosterone and you know all that stuff and the pressures uh, at any rate i just want to get by so sharon diana just royal one-of-a-kind women extraordinary and lucky to have spent any amount of time with either of them but i'm not responsible or i didn't create or contribute in any way shape or form to the greatness that is both Cher and Diana. No, I, was, I, I wasn't suggesting you'd created it as much as it was that you had picked people who seemed to have that kind of uh, staying power or maybe it was the, you know, the drive to be something. Do you keep in touch with your old flames? Are you one of those people who keeps up with them? Yeah, every once in a while, yeah. There's no animosity. And, mm-hmm. Why should there be? I mean, what are you going to complain about? Yeah, you got to go out the way you go in, I say. You know, you have to feel that good coming out of it and, and have that relationship. What I don't understand about relationships, and I'm certainly no expert, is the people that break up often wind up being at odds with each other, and that's being kind. What I don't understand is if you loved somebody or made love with somebody or spent time with somebody, if you were lovers at the end, when you break up, why can't you at least be friends? Right, right. You don't have to wind up in the same bed. You don't have to live together. But, hey, the time we spent together, that was part of my life, part of your life. So, you know? Yeah. No, I mean, listen, I thought monogamy for the longest time was a board game by uh, Parker Brothers, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Then I realized, okay, I better start collecting those little, little, uh, all that green money or that fake money. Anyhow. Listen, we had a blast with you. Thank you so much, Gene, for spending time with us. It's so good seeing you and having you join us. You're very kind. I was recently asked, you know, it's an interesting time. We talked about this a little bit, about binary, non-binary, trans, all the different sort of uh, discussions that are going on. Right. And I keep being asked that along the way in fact you should see one of the movies where i was a uh even a not so much a transsexual but a literal hermaphrodite in a movie called never too young to die they had to rip the chest hairs with nair god damn that <laughs> oh my Brutal. god yeah and they put the prosthetic and thing and put makeup i looked like laney kazan with big tits <laughs> And on the way to the set every day, the truck truck, hey, Gene, what are you doing tonight? No, no, it's okay. Settle down. <laughs> Don't get excited. I should have brought a boot cake. And the answer to my point of view about this is I so fully support anyone who wants to be unique, mm-hmm. which is to say that we're given male and female sexuality and the chromosomal thing. That's fine. You can prove the whether you're male or female based on the chromosome breakdowns the xy and the xxy and all that kind of stuff that's fine but let's say somebody has not a problem but isn't happy identifying as that and want to be referred to as whatever there recently there are people that have come out that have said i want to be ref you know i came out and i'm a tiger and they start wearing little ears and whatever makes you happy is what i fully support I don't have to personally like it or approve of it, but publicly, 
I want to offer the full support. You should be allowed to be as unique as you want to be. So I always support being unique like the goddamn fingerprint that God gave you. There's no other one like that like on it. earth. And that's what everybody should re realize about everybody else. Yes, because we all have a different reflection. And it's our reflection that, that uh, guarantees our happiness if we're able to just see ourselves for who we are and live accordingly. You know, what can I say? Keep smiling and then you die. That's all yeah, there is. Exactly. Exactly. Thank you. You've been a great sport. Listen, Gene, good luck with the tour. Keep us posted and come back and see us. I wish you well. Well, that was interesting. Okay, so now when I pantomime those scissors, now you know why. <laughs> and if you guys knew how much we cut out, I, with all due respect to Gene, but this was just because we don't want to get canceled. I mean, I, I'm always on the verge of putting my foot in my mouth. Well, I, I almost put my foot in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> he started off with a bang, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, oh. And unfortunately, you're not... A boing. You've not heard that. Imagine Wilder, more outrageous. God, he was great. He came on without any problem. When we ran into him, he said, call me. No, don't call my assistant. Call me directly. Yeah. Only deal with me. He was easy. He was fun. He was straight to the point. Yeah, we, we love him. And you're welcome back anytime, Gene. And we will definitely be at one of your tour stops. Absolutely. We're going to go see Kiss Farewell. on our farewell. Yeah, tour. and I suggest everybody too. That's going to be a hell of a concert wherever they, everywhere they play. So if you ever love Kiss, if you ever love their music, definitely go uh, say goodbye to them because they, they said a lot of hellos to all of us. Yeah. They made some good time and good music and and really good, good, good performances. Yeah. And we'll see you in the new year. Yeah, and we'll talk at you soon. This podcast is a production of the Villa Romana Network in association with Spotify.